this morning, guys, we are going to get in to Revelation chapter 22, and we are going to finish it. We got through the first dozen or so verses last week, and we're going to jump back just a little bit this morning in verse 6. So we'll pick it up there in chapter 22. So, Father, as we look at your word here, as we desire to, uh, to study it, wow, to hear <laughs> what your spirit would have to say to the church this morning, uh, all we can do is humble ourselves, Father, and say, please, Lord, speak to us. That's our cry. These guys don't want to hear from some guy named Landon this morning. We want to hear from a king named Jesus. So please, Father, speak to us. We ask in your name. Amen? Amen. Let's pick it up in verse 6 this morning. Then he said to me, These words are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angels to show his servants the things which must shortly take place. Behold, I am coming quickly, and blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Now I, John, saw and I heard these things, and when I heard and I saw, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me these things. Then he said to me, see that you do not do that, for I am your fellow servant and of your brethren the prophets, and of those who keep the words of this book, worship God. And he said to me, Do not seal the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. And he who is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he who is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he who is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he who is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are those who do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates of the city. But outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexual immoral and murderers and idolaters and whoever loves and practices a lie. I, Jesus, verse 16, have sent my angel to testify these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, come. And let him who hears say, come. And let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take of the water of life freely for i testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book if anyone adds to these things god will add to him the plagues that are written in this book and if anyone takes away from the words of this book or of this prophecy god shall take away his part from the book of life from the holy city and from the things which are written in this book he who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you all. Amen. Doesn't this vision end gloriously? I love this. This is wonderful news for you and I. 
so unbelievable here, guys. And some of you guys here this morning might be, this is unbelievable. Everything that's shaken out here in the end, no more pain, no more suffering, new heaven, new Jerusalem, the millennium, all this great stuff, Jesus coming and ruling and reigning, the government will actually be upon his shoulders. Can this actually all be true? This is unbelievable stuff. But right here, guys, we have John, okay? And we hear this voice of confirmation. Look at verse 6 and 16, 18 and 19. Faithful and true are these things in verse 6. Who's this from? It's from Jesus. We can trust his word. And then verses 18 and 19, the warning, don't mess with them, right? Don't mess with these words at all. This is sacred truth. I'm giving a shout out this morning. If you're watching, Liam, again, modern liberal theology stinks, dude. So many people have messed with the book of Revelation. Well, that was fulfilled way back then. It's not yet future. It's been messed with. And it was written in 94 AD. You know, why wasn't it written earlier in all like all the other letters that we have of the Gospels? Okay, it must have changed. Guys, it was written in the early 90s. John was an old man when he received the revelation. Okay? <laughs> yeah, that's only a few years. And it's just crazy. Most churches today have written off the book of Revelation and they've missed the blessings of it. And it's a bummer because Jesus takes this serious. You don't mess with this prophecy. Don't mess with it. And yet the majority of Christian churches want nothing to do with the book of Revelation today or it's not for us. Oh, it's absolutely for the church today. And let me tell you what, I don't know this for sure, but if we took it serious, okay, I think all this we've read about might have happened already. We know only God knows the day and the hour, but there are some things that God is doing in the world today in fulfilling the mission of the church, which is going and making disciples of all nations. And there's a promise when the gospel goes forth to all nations, he is going to come. What if we've been on mission, got over our temporal junk, and actually we're doing what the church is called to do? Do you think maybe we've gone to all people groups? Do you guys know that there are people who still have not heard the name of Jesus? They don't have a clue what the gospel is. Really, pastor? Yeah. And what are we going to do about it? Well, that's what we're going to conclude with this morning. What are you going to do about it? So I'm asking you to open your heart, not to me, because I don't want this to be some emotional thing this morning. This is biblical truth. This is why the book of Revelation is given to the church. It has a purpose. And I just want you to be open. What is God asking you to do in light of missions, fulfilling the great commandment? Please, brother and sister, you guys watching online, please be open to what God is speaking to you today. So we need to be reminded at the end here that everything will forever be different. Did you guys catch that in verse 15? Everything. So there is no place in new creation for wickedness that is so prevalent today. We see it everywhere. Do you guys know that in the kingdom, things are going to be black and white, right and wrong. Things are so wishy-washy today. Okay, We have elections around the corner. Well, how can you guys do this? 
can't you see? Well, what about that? Well, why are you doing this? How can you be doing that? This is what's right. There's a lot of grace today, you know? And I'm sitting at, you know, sitting back, and I'm just like, okay, I don't even know what to do as a believer. I'm told I'm supposed to be a Republican because I'm conservative, but I look at the Republican Party as a Christian. They're not even as close to conservatives as what I'd like to see. There is so much more that God has for us in doing things His way is the best way. And for you, brother and sister, I hope you get so excited when we study this type of stuff because this is where our hope is, okay? He is going to come back and he's going to set everything right. There's not going to be any grays anymore. Things are going to be right and wrong, period. Everything. I love it. So all of us, guys, are invited into this new creation through forgiveness. Look at verse 14 with me again. Blessed are those who do his commandments. That's what we're called to do his commandments that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city and then look at verse 17 with me in the spirit and the bride say come and let him who hears say come and let him who thirsts come whoever desires let him take of the water of life freely are you a so whoever? I hope so. I hope so. I'm sitting down because I'm not supposed to get too excited. Um, but this gets me excited. Whoever desires. Are you seeking the Lord? Are you seeking the Lord? Talked to a pastor last week. And the conversation turned into being about Reformed theology. And that isn't why we were talking. That wasn't what it was about. But it came back to that. You know, I hear you're not Reformed. You betcha I'm not Reformed. I'm not an Arminianist. I'm not a Calvinist. Stop labeling me. Stop telling me I need to be one way or the other. I am a follower of Jesus Christ. And because I follow him, I follow his word. And that rubs some people some way. Because they want me to be like them. <laughs> well, if you're following Jesus, we're going to look a lot alike. If we're not looking alike, not that I have it all together, but my goal is him. <laughs> okay, it's, it's to follow him. And if we're following him closely, we're going to be walking alike. We're going to look a lot more alike. But he wanted to discuss this. And if you guys don't understand Reformed theology, just basically... Okay, God chooses. He predestines it all. And I agree with predestination because the Bible teaches it. But a lot of times we ignore the foreknowledge of God. He's predestined us. He's adopted us in his family according to his foreknowledge. He knows that you were going to choose him. So when I read something like this, I mean, this is concluding all of the Bible. The last things we're reading is what? An invitation to who? Oh, just the elect. Just the ones that God loves because he hates some and he loves others, and others are chosen to be in heaven, and others are chosen to be in hell, and that's just the way it is. You actually have no choice in the matter. That's what Reformed theology teaches. That is sick. It is wrong. There are a lot of Reformed brothers that I really love. They're great Christians, but they have some really bad theology, and they are false teachers, and we need to be careful. I truly believe the word of God. Whoever desires 
let him take of the water of life freely. Man, if God tells us that he so loved the world, man, God loved us so much that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. I believe that is for every single person, guys. I can't ignore the scriptures. Yeah, I know we are loved by our Heavenly Father in a special way. What a privilege to be one of his kids. But let me tell you what, he desires none to perish. That's in the Bible. We can't ignore that. So I'm speaking to you, and especially if you're a non-believer, whether here this morning or watching online, man, God loves you. And if you want to be with him for all time to have your sins forgiven, you can. You can. Whoever desires can come. That is the cry at the end of the Bible. Come. That is the heart of our God. He wants all to come to be a part. And yet how many people today believe, you know, we're lucky if we have 10% of the world that actually knows Jesus. I could be wrong. It might be lower. It might be more. I don't know for sure. But I talk with a lot of people, and most don't believe. And why don't they believe? Because they don't desire. They desire their sin. They desire to live in darkness more than they desire the light, more than they desire their maker. We've been created for him, guys. Well, if I start living for him, that means I can't be living for me anymore. Isn't life all about me? And that's the problem. I want this. I want to be my own king. I want to sit on my own throne. I want to call the shots. No. Whoever desires. And let me tell you what. Jesus is a good king. There's a bad king. He stinks. That's Satan, by the way. He's a stinker. Do you guys know that? He's a bad king. And he knows his time is short. And he's trying to take down as many people with him as possible. Oh, he's not ignorant of scriptures, guys. He knows prophecies legit. He knows the book you're holding in your hand is supernatural. Only God can foretell the future. These things are coming together quickly. And they are passing right, right We're living, I'm going to wrap up our time. We're living in a very unique time in history, unlike any other time. And Satan knows his time is close. And if you're saying, hey, we're not living in the last days, man, you don't know the Bible. The Bible speaks about today more than any other time in history, even more than when Jesus came his first time. Hundreds of prophecies he's fulfilled to a T. Well, that was cool. I see those. Those are awesome. Well, guess what? There's eight times that amount of prophecy concerning today. Study the word of God. That's why we take the whole counsel of God seriously. That's why we take the book of Revelation seriously. So the gospel, was that clear? Jesus loves you. Okay, we're all sinners. We need a Savior, right? And He alone is Savior. You need to put your faith in Him. You need to bow your knee. Lordship in Jesus Christ. That's how you're saved. If you're there thinking, well, I'm a good person. I'm good enough. Well, you're just like every false religion in the world because every single religion in the world, their salvation is based upon themselves and their works. None of us are good enough. None of us are going to make the cut. That's why God had to do it for us. That's why he died as a sacrifice, took our place upon the cross. Guys, that is the gospel in you. It's not just knowing it. Man, there's so many people who know it. I've been in church my whole life. I was raised in the church. I got confirmed. I was baptized. Heck, I still even go to church, and I give my money to the church. I do all these great things. I'm going to be saved. If 
any of you guys have that type of mentality, you're going to hell. The Bible is serious. You need to know Jesus. It's not being in church that's going to save anybody. It's being in Jesus that saves us. Amen? Is that clear? Because I don't want to muck it up. Because the gospel is the most important thing in this life and we need to understand it. We need to get it. we got to get it right so that we can give it right to others. And that's why we're here. That's our mission. I so love that our youth group is going out street witnessing tonight. That's what they're doing for youth group tonight. They've been preparing, studying how to evangelize, and they're going for it. They're going to go share the gospel tonight. How cool is that? That's what we do. That's what we're about. So, this is why the book of Revelation is so important, guys. And it needs to be read, and it needs to be heard. Again, look at verse 10 with me. And he said to me, do not seal up the words of this prophecy for this, or of this book, for the time is at hand. And again, it's not revelations, okay? Um, correct your brothers and sisters when they say revelations. It's a revelation, and it's of Jesus Christ. That's what the book of Revelation is about, okay? It's all of him. Look at verse 13, right? I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. And then verse 16, I, Jesus have sent my angel to testify to these things because I am the root and the offspring of David. It is all about Jesus. I am the bright and the morning star. Jesus, the faithful witness. Jesus, the firstborn from the dead. This is a revelation of Jesus, the ruler of the kings of the earth. Jesus, the one who loves us. Jesus, the one who has released us from our sins. Jesus, the one who has made us a kingdom of priests. Jesus, the one who is coming with the clouds. Jesus, the first and the last. Jesus, the living one, Jesus, the one who holds the keys of Hades in death. Jesus, the one who walks among the churches. Jesus, the one who has that sharp two-edged sword coming out of his mouth. Jesus, the one who has the eyes like a flame of fire. Jesus, the one who is holy. Jesus, the one who is true. Jesus, the one who has the key of David. Jesus, the one who opens and no one shuts. Jesus, the one who closes and the one who will open. Jesus, the amen. Jesus, the faithful and true witness. Jesus, the beginning of the creation of God. Jesus, the lion of the tribe of Judah. Jesus, the root of David that has overcome. Jesus, the lamb 
of God. Jesus, the one who rules the nations with a rod of iron. Jesus, the lamb that stands on Mount Zion. Jesus, the one who wears the golden crown. Jesus, the one who holds the sharp sickle. Jesus, the bridegroom of the church. Jesus, faithful and true. Jesus, the word of God. Jesus, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Jesus, the temple of God. Jesus, the Lamb of God. Jesus, the Alpha and the Omega. Jesus, the first and the last. Jesus, the beginning and the end. Jesus, the root and the offspring of David. Jesus, the bright morning star. Jesus, the one who is coming quickly. And the salient point, guys, the closing of this section of the book of Revelation that's all about Jesus, he is coming quickly. Have you guys been catching that? This is what he wants us to get. Verse 6, verse 7, verse 10, verse 12, verse 20. Look at verse 11 with me. He who is unjust, let him be unjust still. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. He is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. Man, this gives us hope to hold on, brothers and sisters. Man, things stink a little bit. I'm getting tossed all around. I'm overwhelmed. Man, this gives us hope. Our hope is in him. He's coming back quickly. And so say, come, right? Verses 17, verse 20. So we say, come. Why do we say, come? What does this mean to say, Lord, come? Come, Lord Jesus. What does that mean? Again, verse 7, guys. Okay, if you're saying to us, I'm coming quickly, what does that mean? Does it mean just some wishful thinking? I kind of hope it's soon. What does it mean? Well, when he declares here, I'm coming quickly, this means that we should live it out. And how do we do that? We obey. That's what it means, brother and sister. We obey the implications of this book. Blessed if you do. That takes obedience. This is what I want you to do. Obedience. To rightly respond then to I am coming quickly and with the come Lord Jesus, it is to obey. God's not mocked. Okay, we will reap what we sow. Pastor, I need counseling. I need to talk. I need help. 
All I'm doing, life stinks so bad, I just want Jesus to come back. All I do is pray, Lord, come back, because this is happening, this is happening, this is happening. It's because you're disobeying. You're in sin. You won't repent. That's why this junk is happening. I just want to get out of here and have the Lord come back. Yeah, we all want Him to come back, guys. But if our heart really wants Him to come back, it will lead us to righteousness. It will lead us to obedience. It will lead us to doing our mission, our purpose for being here. Let me tell you what, we all cry. We want Jesus to come back. We desire that more than anything. I look forward to go home with Him. You know, I feel like I'm having many heart attacks and I keep feeling like, when is the big one going to happen? You know, and I don't want to die. I love my wife. I love my kids. I love you guys. There's a purpose here. This life is short. There's many that need to hear yet. Okay. But let me tell you what, if the Lord takes me home today, I'm okay with that too. (laughs) Like I really, I'm homesick. Are you guys homesick? I can't, my citizenship's in heaven. I'm homesick. I really want to be with him you know and the rapture could happen today he could come and take us all together that would be awesome but we don't know one of my dad's best friends just passed away he texted me this morning please be praying for tim's family knew him since childhood we don't know guys we prayed just before in our prayer time for a young gal 22 years old got covid she's probably not going to make it that's not supposed to happen guys but we don't know our day or hour We don't know when it's going to happen. But we know that we have today. And we know what our mission is. And that's what we need to do. And that takes obedience. But pastor, there's other things happening. There's other things going on. This is pretty important stuff. You know? I need to be given over here. I need to be doing this. No, we need to obey the Lord. What is he asking For me, brother and sister, it's black and white when we come to the scriptures. There's just things we do as believers and things we don't do, black and white. But then there are individual callings that God has given us. There are talents and gifts, brothers and sisters, you've been given. And God wants you to use those for his purposes. And that's going to look a little different for all of us. And that's the beauty of the body of Christ doing our parts and working together. So... In light of being obedient, I am coming quickly. Well, I want to obey. Well, how? (laughs) How? Well, who is coming? Okay. Well, we're told it's our king. It's our Lord. It's the Lord of righteousness. Look at verse 17 here. Again, the spirit and the bride say come. The spirit and the bride. For you guys who don't know Jesus... The Holy Spirit's convicting you. You might be trying to resist him, ignore him. We're pretty good at that. Even as believers, aren't there times that we won't yield to the Spirit? Yeah. But the work of the Holy Spirit for the unregenerated, the non-believer in the world, is convicting the world of sin and of righteousness. The world knows what's right and wrong. Oh, boy. You guys see that post I threw out this last week? You guys know I'm pro-life because God's pro-life. Murder is just wrong. You guys know that? It's just wrong. People, how do you vote? Uh, Pro-life. Whatever's going to hit that agenda. Okay. 
I vote four years ago for a guy I didn't really care about, but let me tell you what, there are three new you know, Supreme Court justices that are in and hundreds of judges that are conservative that that's going to play out for years. I can't tell you guys who to vote for. You have your own convictions. I have people who want to vote for somebody else that I know, and they got actually some good reasons for it, okay? Don't agree with a lot of this stuff, you know? But there are those things, what weighs heavy? And as a Christian, truth weighs heavy. What God says weighs heavy. And if God has come to give life and life abundantly, well, I take that pretty serious. But I've had some dialogue this last week with um, people who, who are very liberal and believe that women should have choices, okay? And in those conversations, even being pro-choice, they don't want to see murder, okay? They don't really want to see babies die when you actually have a real conversation and really dialogue with them. Oh, they got a lot of excuses to make it okay, okay, and to hold that stance, but bottom line, guys, it always comes down to what God has to say. Because we can make excuses and arguments all day long. But are we willing just to submit in humility and just say, God, you're just right. You're right. And I'm just going to roll with that. Because let me tell you what, we're good at making excuses. Oh, we're in love. That's why we're having sex before we're married. Right? Oh, we're living together just to see if we're compatible. Oh, it's okay. Just be who you are. We have so many excuses, guys. But God is right. And that's why it's so important for us when the invitation's given, the Spirit is inviting. The bride says, Come. And when we come to him, everything changes. How many of you guys can testify when you were born again, lights came on, things became black and white. And we go back and we go back to that thinking. It's just like, wow, I understood why I thought that way. But knowing him, having the Holy Spirit now in me, being born again of the Spirit of God. That's what God does. Well, this is just the way I am. That's what the world says. That's why God says you have to be born again to enter the kingdom of God. He does the changing. It's him. So the spirit, let's consider the work of the spirit for a second. Okay, The Holy Spirit, we have God. Okay, Triune, three persons but one God. Father, Son, and Spirit. The working of God's spirit is within the believer, within us, is in us and upon us. Think about that. The Spirit of God. And that's why we're exhorted to walk in the Spirit. You won't fulfill the lusts of the flesh. And we're fleshy, aren't we? I want this. I want that. I'm lusting for this. You know? We're very fleshy. But that's why we're exhorted to walk in the Spirit of the Lord. To walk with Him. But the Spirit, it propels us, what? Into mission. If we're really walking with Him, okay? It's not those fleshy, self-centered things, you know? Kylie, I was blessed to give you a ride to the pantry this week, okay? Our conversation was fun, but the blessing was I pull up to your house, and this gal's got a little community garden and stuff. She's like, I took down the fences so the deers can <laughs> start eating at the end of the season, but she's got stuff up there free for her neighbors. She's got a little lending library there for her neighbors. She just wants to serve people. It's like, what a blessing. It's not about what am I going to get? What can... 
I give. And that's the heart of God. She loves the Lord. She wants to serve. And that's what it's about, guys. When we walk with Jesus, okay, it's going to propel us into mission. And how does that look? How does that look? I just see a young sister. I want to go and help at the pantry. I just want to help people because I love Jesus. You know, well, what does it look like for you guys? Well, I don't know what to do. You just do something. What has God given your heart for? Maybe it's gardening. Okay, maybe you're a gearhead. Great. Help your neighbor who's going through it, who lost the job, who needs an oil change or the car is breaking down. There's just so many ways. And in that, as you're blessing them, oh, you didn't have to do that. Oh, no big deal. Because let me tell you what, somebody did something for me that was way bigger than this. And he gave everything. And in that, you have the opportunity to share the gospel with somebody. It's really that simple, guys. We're on mission. Okay? It's easy to sit on our computer and let our things be known to the world. But God's asked us to love your neighbor. Walk across the street to even know their names. Okay? I got new neighbors. And I don't even see them much. I asked Sonny this last week. I don't are they even living there? I don't even see them. <laughs> but part of it is I want to connect with them. I want to know who they are, and hopefully that'll happen. Okay, because that doesn't come naturally. I'm not that guy, you know. But that's what God's called us to. Okay, you are to go, and it's not going to be here. Well, I got to go to church. No, <laughs> God hasn't called us to go to church. He's called us to be the church. And church, I want you to go. Go. So, how does that look, okay? The Spirit of God leading us into mission in light of the coming kingdom. How do we live? I would encourage you guys, if you have questions or you want to be stirred up again in that, that, hey, I have a burden to share, I want to be on mission, study the book of Acts. I love a good read of Acts. We, a few years ago, went through it verse by verse. Great for our church. Needed for the church. I would encourage you guys, spend some time, see how the early church were living out the mission. So, um, oh boy. You guys get me so sidetracked. I tried to keep this short because I didn't want to overdo things this morning. Let's... We're going to skip some things. Let's, let's turn to Matthew 28. I'm talking about the mission. Let's see Jesus, his words himself, to, to the reality of him saying, you know, uh, that he's coming quickly. If that really means to obey, well, then what is our part? What is our mission? Well, it's to obey the Great Commission. Okay? You guys know how people are into mottos? You know, like, hey, what is your church's motto? What is your mission statement, you know? And, and for a while, we were trying to come up with something cool. I had a couple little slogans. Like you saw on our trailer outside, we've had that before. We're ever in a building. We never wanted a building. I don't know if you guys know that or not, you know, because it's just like, man, why waste all that? There's people to save, but God made it very clear, you know, you're, you're supposed to be here. And by the way, we'll give you a, a building in Appleton to do a food pantry out of and, and share the gospel there. And so here we're sitting with two buildings and, and doing stuff. But for a long time, Freedom Fellowship, we lived out of a trailer. 
everything we had was in that trailer and we would Sunday mornings, you know, get together and take everything out and set up and tear down week after week. And, and that was okay. You know, it was a season, a season. We just wanted to live out the mission. And on our trailer, it says, uh, faith, family, freedom. And I'm just like, yeah, that's awesome. Freedom fellowship, right? What a great motto. But as we're going and putting things together, uh, our gals put together a website for the, the ladies' ministry of the church. And it was just like, they kind of really like, hey, what is our mission and stuff? And to be personally like, like real with you guys, I have a hard time with a lot of churches' mission statements. Because it's just like, that's it? You're just giving yourself just to that. Wait, okay, you're, you're a church called to equip the saints for the work of ministry. And what is the ministry? Because it's not just that. Uh, the, the, the church, pff, there's, there's a lot that God is calling us to, you know. So coming up with the mission, I just prayed on the Lord. It's just like, you're doing it. I've given you this conviction. I've, I've placed this in your heart as the shepherd of this flock, okay. You're to fulfill the great commission, and, and you're to, to love me, okay, the, the greatest commandment. <laughs> Keep it that simple. And I think if we just do that, guys, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and then fulfill the Great Commission, go make disciples of all nations, does that kind of fill in all the blanks? If we're doing those things, doesn't that actually play into everything we could be doing as the church? Because without those two things, I don't want to do anything. I don't want that program. I don't want to give ourselves to that. If those two things aren't playing into what we are doing as the church, we've missed it somehow. Because let me tell you what, if we're not loving God and sharing the gospel, we're wasting our time. So whatever we do, guys, it comes around that. Those are the big picture things that God has given to the church. And if we're just doing those, all the things we should be doing, I think, just naturally happen. They fall into place. So look here at verse 18 with me in Matthew chapter 28. And Jesus came and spoke to them. This is after the resurrection. Okay, you guys know that Jesus is alive? Do we know that? I've been studying some Christian art lately. Do you guys know the early church? Okay, early centuries. All their art was around the resurrection of Jesus, that he's alive. Today, we see crosses everywhere. Death, death. Jesus died, you know. And I'm just like, what has changed? You know, of course, the empty cross that we have out front here speaks to the resurrection. Jesus is no longer hanging on that. Sorry, Catholics. He has risen from the dead. He is alive, okay? And it's one of those things we have to live in that reality. So Jesus, being alive after the resurrection, shows up to the disciples, and he says to them, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore... And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. What am I supposed to be doing, Pastor? Turn to Matthew 28. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Fulfilling the Great Commission. Well, wasn't that just for the disciples? Weren't they the ones called? Well, how does mission work look like? What do we corporately as the church 2,000 years later, what does that look like? Well, it's good. We want good understanding. We want to have right doctrine around it. And the Bible's pretty clear. 
Either you're sent or you're helping send. That's what the Bible teaches us. You know, so how does that look when it comes to fulfilling the Great Commission and going into all the world? Well, how does that look? I don't know if you guys know this about Sonny and I, but we, we got to go to Bible college, and when we were both done, uh, we weren't, you know, liking each other. Oh, I was liking her. But we weren't, <laughs> we, we, weren't a, we weren't a thing. We, we wanted to be on the mission field. She wanted to go to Ukraine. I wanted to hang in Eastern Europe, Romania. Saw God just break out, crazy little revival, people getting saved. Uh, that's what I wanted to do. That's what she wanted to do. And the Lord shut those doors. And for me personally, when he told me to go back home, that's one of the hardest times I've ever cried in my life. I'll be honest with you guys. I wept. My people back home don't care about you, Jesus. Americans, we are so full of ourselves. Nobody sees their need for a Savior. Why? The church is dead. Why do you want me to go there? I want to stay here where people are hungry. They're looking for a Savior. They know they are in their sins. They know they're not right with their God. They want to be forgiven. Because this is exciting seeing people get saved. I don't know about you guys. Isn't that the coolest thing as a believer when you see someone else come to faith? There's nothing better in this life knowing that they've been born again into eternal life with Jesus. It's the most beautiful thing. I didn't want to come back. But the Lord spoke a promise to me, and I've clung to it. He said, you will do more on the mission field if you go back home. And you raise up disciples. You teach my word. And I believe, guys, that that is the purpose of the church. God is sending us out. I want us to keep this in mind. Let's turn back a few chapters in Matthew to chapter 24. And I'll wrap up with this thought this morning. I want us to keep this in mind. I'm going to take a look at verse 14 here. And Jesus is speaking about end time things. Okay, What is the end of the end going to look like in the world? And all the things he spoke to here is prophetic. And these things are very unique, especially to the last hundred years here on planet Earth. Okay, The things that Jesus spoke about in this chapter are being fulfilled right before our eyes. And it's unique. It has not happened in history the way Jesus said it was going to happen. This is going to be a very unique thing, and here we're seeing it right before our eyes. It's fun. Now, I'm just going to just take one of them with you guys here because it really ties into Revelation. Verse 14, And the gospel and the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. So 2,000 years ago, he was very serious when he told his followers, Hey, you guys, I want you to go. <laughs> Make disciples of all nations. This is what I'm about. My heart is that none should perish. I want the gospel to go forth. I want people to hear and to know. So there is an end in sight. Okay, Would you guys agree? That's what this verse is about. There's an end in sight. When the gospel goes to all nations, Okay, 
we're told there, then the end will come. Okay, and we've been studying Revelation, end time things, when it all concludes. So, this gets me a little excited, guys. More people have followed Jesus in the last hundred years than all previous centuries put together. We look around like, why is it more happening? Why is the church declining here in America? Guys, Christianity isn't about America. Get over it. The U.S. isn't even in Bible prophecy. But we want to make it all about us. We're good at that. Our God is global. He cares about all people. So think about that for a sec. All the previous centuries combined, more people have come to faith in the last century. Is that pretty cool? I think that's pretty cool. That's unique. All those, you know, 1,900 years, really? (laughs) And we have more in the last 100. Yeah, okay. Again, what did Jesus say? The gospel we preach to all the world. Well, guys, there are more people alive today who call themselves Christian than any other previous uh, generations put together. When Jesus spoke this in Matthew 28, okay, the early church, that first hundred years, there was one in 360 people upon the planet that were a Christian. About one in 360. Today, guys, there's about one in nine. Think about that. One in nine. Wow, what's happening? That's unique. So, and that's from 180 until now. And then in very recent times, we've made some great progress. Um, Let me see if I can do this. Okay, you guys watch at home. I'm going to try to pull this up. Um, Sometimes it'll let me write on here. Let me see if I can do this. Uh, Okay, maybe I have to hit the swirlies. There we go. All right, are you guys seeing this? Yeah, so that looks pretty good, Pastor. All right, little diagram for you and I, okay? Um, we're going to just go back 100 years, okay? Jesus said that this would happen in the last days. I'm doing this on my little phone, okay? This is why it's not the best. Um, so, 1900, okay? And we're going to take it up to, um, I like 1977. Any of you guys like 1977? That's the year I was born, okay? You guys can actually go check this out. So this would be 43 years ago, okay? And we're going to start down here, okay, at, at 2% in 1900 of the world's population were Christian. Let me say that again. 100 years ago, about 2% of the people upon planet Earth were Christian, Has that gone up a little bit? Yeah, I just shared with you guys. Check this out, guys. If you guys would actually, it's not going to be exact, of course, but it's gone up a little bit, hasn't it? It's gone up. And then about 40 years ago, something happened on planet Earth. There's been an outpouring of God's Spirit unlike any other time in history, and people don't want to talk about this. They don't acknowledge this. But look, this is what has happened in the last 40 years. It is skyrocketed. We hear of the Jesus movement in the 70s. What's happened, guys? I think Matthew, 
chapter 24, verse 14, is happening right before our eyes. And that gets me a little excited as a believer living in the last days. This gets me a little excited, brother and sister, about what God would have for us at Freedom Fellowship, for us to really take the mission of God seriously. Is the end in sight? Yeah, we're getting close. You see, I was born in 1977, and in 1977, there were estimated 17,000 people groups upon planet Earth who had not heard about Jesus. 43 years later, we're at 8,000 today. Guys, that's more than half in the last 40 years. Think about that for a second. We see this prophecy being fulfilled right before our eyes. This is exciting times. So that's double in our lifetime. So we can finish the task. It's not going to be us, okay? It's going to be God working through his church. What are we called to? What is our mission? It's us doing our part, being sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit, taking his word serious. So this is doable, I believe, in our lifetime. I really believe that. I think about the internet. <laughs> Do you guys know that we've had 94 countries around the world tune in and listen to studies from Little Freedom Fellowship in Kokona, Wisconsin? 94 countries. And what have those people done with the word that they heard? Do you think they just kept it to themselves? Or did you think maybe like they were like, ooh, that's pretty cool. I want to go share that with others. We're one little church, guys. Churches are going out. People are being reached like crazy. I have friends I went to Bible college with all over the world today. A lot of them today are pastors, missionaries, and they are right there preaching the gospel faithfully, and people are getting saved. You see, guys, this is a glorious thing. AD, 100, there was just a handful of churches. Do you guys know that with all the people groups in the world today, okay, that there's 1,000 churches per one people group? Yeah. Think about how many churches we just have here in Outagamie County. We have over 200 just right here in our own backyard. Okay? Maybe some of us should go on the mission field. Right? So, Jesus is coming quickly. That's what this boils down to. I'm excited about this. So if Christians got serious about come, Lord Jesus, okay, man, there would be an explosion. There would be an explosion we were able to do double in last 40 years what would happen if we took it seriously now i'm sorry people at home ipad died they're just seeing my graph i feel so bad for them <laughs> anyways uh let's wrap up let's go back to revelation does that get you excited i mean i wanted to share that to encourage you guys that god is on the move the church is on mission and what is our part to fulfilling the great commission that's my question for you and I. What are you going to do about it? Wasn't that your job, Pastor? No. My job, although I think being on the mission field would be a ton of fun, 
There's a mission field right here in Kakana. And I'm called to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Okay, that's my job, and I take that serious. I pray for you guys. I want to preach the whole counsel of God well for you guys that we are equipped, that we are growing, that we do know how to minister the gospel to this world that desperately needs to hear it. Now, here's the glorious goal. Let's look at chapter 7, Revelation 7. We're going to go back because this is really the goal then for the church. In chapter 7, verse 9. Hey, hi guys online. They can see me again. Low power button came on and that's why it wasn't switching anymore. So you guys watching, this is the glorious goal for us as the church. Are you guys here? Revelation chapter 7. Look at verse 9 after these things. Verse 9, I looked and behold a great multitude which no one could number of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And isn't that what it's all about, guys? Having all peoples coming before Jesus and worshiping him. So what are you going to do about it? That's the question. This is the heart of our God. This is the heart of the gospel. God so loved the world. Are we going to go? And God may be calling some of you guys. He may be stirring in your heart this morning. You may be like, I don't like this. You know, I, I, if I go, you know what it's like if I go? Because a lot of the world and a lot of these unreached groups especially, it's not as comfortable there. Life's not about our comfort, guys. It's not about easy Christianity. We have brothers and sisters. I get newsletters from some friends that are missionaries. Okay, They have to cover up their faces because where they're ministering, if they got caught sharing the gospel, it's prison or death. That's the reality for them for disobeying the state. That is a reality. It might be a reality here in our own backyard. You know, if things change with our religious freedoms, it should not change us, brother and sister. We are on mission, period. So to say, come quickly is to obey and to live that work of the kingdom going forward. Because our lives are witnesses and we live to witness. That's why we're here. You are the fragrance of Christ wherever you go, whether you like it or not. That's who we are. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the world. So we are witnesses. So how are you living that out? How are you living that out? Well, let's go back to chapter 22. Look at one last verse here. If we are witnesses, we need to be living it out. And supporting a missionary, throwing a few dollars their way every month, I'll be honest with you guys, that's not good enough. Well, pastor, that's kind of bold, 
for you to say that or judge in that way. Guys, I want to push you. I'll be honest with you guys. I want to push you and I want you to push me back. I think that is good for us as brothers and sisters. We should be pushing each other. Go for it. Go. I've been praying for my neighbor. (laughs) They need the Lord. Great. (laughs) Go talk to them. You guys know that we can pray and love people right into hell? That's why Jesus says clearly, how are they going to hear without a preacher? Okay? Preachers need to be sent. We need to go. You guys are equipped with the gospel. Go. That's why I'm excited our youth group is going out to share the gospel tonight. That's why I'm excited about the men's retreat in a couple weekends. What are we doing? Hey, follow me and you'll be fishers of men. I'll make you fishers of men. It's going to be about evangelism. It's going to be about going. I don't, I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to consider those things. It's probably the biggest thing we should be considering as Christians. It's the most important thing, guys. There are a lot of people that have not heard that need to hear. They need to know. So verse 12 here, if we consider that, and reward, behold, I am coming quickly. My reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. Guys, you're never going to regret obeying Jesus. Can I say that again? You're never going to regret obeying the Lord. You won't. It pays eternal dividends. Think about that. Eternal. Now what you do is up to you. I know some people like living for the things of this life. But man, it's all going to burn, guys. What is eternal? People are eternal. That's what matters. We're eternal. And it's not about the rewards. Well, I'm willing to give it all up and sacrifice everything so I'll have all the extra goodies in eternity. Some people can have that type of selfish thinking, but if you're truly living out the mission and truly have a heart for the lost, it's because you really love Jesus and you really get his heart and you care about what he cares about. You're going to get your father's heart and that's going to be global. It's going to be for the nations. You're going to take prayer seriously when it comes to our persecuted brothers and sisters around the world. Well, how does that look? What do I do? I'm not you. I'm going to push you to go. Maybe it's taking out the globe, spinning a little bit, and all right, going to pray for these people in Guam. (laughs) Don't even know where Guam is, but I'm going to pray. And maybe as I'm praying, God's going to put it into my heart. That's where I'm supposed to go. Or I'm supposed to find some brothers and sisters there that I can encourage who are on mission there and to be praying for them. I don't know. Pick up some books about missionaries. We read Brushko this summer with the kids. That stirred me up. You know, got our family thinking about, hey, what does it look to follow the Lord? There's a ton of books out there on missionaries. Just get stirred up about sharing the faith. So, the directive of the book of Revelation for us is really summed up in this, guys. I'm going to read to you 1 Corinthians 15, 58. You can turn there if you want, but I want you guys to get this is what it boils down to. Therefore, my beloved brethren, you guys know this verse, be steadfast, immovable, 
always abounding in what? The work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Okay? That's what we're called to. Serving Him. Guys, we need to be steadfast more than ever. More than ever. And we need to be on mission. And we need to continue to cling to Jesus Christ. Because as we study and we look at the whole of Revelation and what we've been studying the last six, seven, eight months, whatever it's been, um, it boils down to this. Being on mission. That's the heart of Jesus. We have a big plaque that was given to us by one of our church family members years back. Stuff and we don't have a lot of sayings around our house, but it just says, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I love that. How does that look? Well, I'm here to serve my family, my kids. Great, that's part of serving the Lord. But as for me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord. And this is where I'm going to push you, church family. (laughs) As for me and my family. How are we going to serve the Lord? It takes humility. It takes obedience. And it does taking revelation seriously. We're to be on mission. The time is short. So we're going to close in prayer. And then we're going to have the elders come up. Uh, We're going to pray. They are going to pray for me. I got some stuff going on, but we're also going to open up a time of praying for any of you guys because I know that we're going through some stuff and we're going to pray for one another. But I want to encourage you guys in the moments we have left together, we're still going to have some worship together. More than anything, I just want you to be real with God. Be honest. You know, if this sermon this morning encouraged you, if you're stoked, that's awesome. I want that to happen. But some of you guys might be like, this rubbed me. I don't like these realities, this truth. This is kind of going against my agenda <laughs> and my mission. The one thing I would ask you to do, if you've been rubbed, if you've been convicted by the Spirit in that way, just be honest with God about it. Okay, Just be honest with Him. He already knows, but it is good. Just be honest. Like, God, this is where my heart's at. and I know that's not right because I do want to obey you. I want to do what's right even if it means it's uncomfortable and there's sacrifice because you're worth it. And I'm here and I need you to change my heart because you can't change it. I will tell you guys that you can't change your heart. What you can do is agree with God though. And I think when we come to his word and we say, yes, you're right. (laughs) And we agree. I think that's when his Holy Spirit comes and begins to change our hearts, guys. So allow him to do that be real with him that he can do that with you so father i'm so thankful for the gift you've given us here in the study of revelation it is all about you and it is so cool how when we do fix our eyes upon you things get clear mission becomes simple because we get your big picture We don't get caught up in the little stuff. But we know that you're there in the little and the big. When we're wrong (laughs) and you're right, you're patient with us. You're working on us. 
in, in us and through us. And we thank you for that, God. And all we want to ask of you this morning is that you would do according to your will and your purposes, that we would be vessels of honor, vessels that you could work through, God, for, uh, for your purpose, for the gospel. The nations need to hear. So here we are, Lord, looking to you, asking of you, Jesus, to do what you want to do. You deserve it. God, you deserve the reward of your sufferings. It is your heart, just as we read here, that all would come to you, whoever desires. And we would pray for those. There are many people who are so lost that they don't even know what they're looking for. God, would you stir people up? You see a harvest out there that is plentiful. You've asked us to pray for laborers. God, raise more up. Raise us up. Send us, Lord. God, have your way. Thank you so much for your grace. Thank you for the truth of the gospel. God, help us to obey you, to honor you, to please you. We humbly ask in your name, Jesus. Amen.